Welcome to the Modern Law Revolution podcast, sponsored by the Colorado Bar Association. This is the podcast featuring the successful and happy and positive lawyers who are revolutionizing the practice of law in Colorado. I'm one of your co-hosts, JP Box. I'm a lawyer turned entrepreneur, consultant, and author, and the past chair of the CBA's Modern Law Practice Initiative. I am your other co-host, Erica Holmes, um, founder of EL Holmes Legal Solutions, a modern law practice focusing on family law and attorney ethics and regulation. And I am the first chair of the CBA's Modern Law Practice Initiative. Today is part two of a two-part series, Modern Mindset for Modern Law, The Power of Believing. In part one, we learned what a mindset is. We also learned the power of a positive mindset can have on the practice of law and on life in general. We even learned that mindset has the power to change our physiology. Today, we are going to dive even deeper and learn from our extra special guest about positive mindset and building psychological capital. Our guest is going to give you practical advice on how to gain a positive mindset for yourself. For those of you who have not listened to part one of our series yet, JP, um, why don't you go ahead and introduce us to our special guest coming all the way from Utah. And we're super excited to have Martha Knudsen back with us for episode two. Uh, Martha is the rare person who not only understands the practice of law, but has a working understanding of the human mind, which doesn't always happen in our profession. Uh, Martha is currently the executive director of the Utah State Bar's Wellbeing Committee for the Legal Profession. She's working with Utah's judges, lawyers, and law students to enhance engagement, performance, resilience, and overall well-being. As part of her role, she also advises researchers at the University of Utah, conducting empirical research of lawyers and law students in the Western United States, meaning that we'll be getting lots of good stats and science today, some of my favorites. Martha earned her law degree in 1999, graduating magna cum laude. She went on to practice law initially as a law firm litigator, where she rose to the rank of shareholder, and then as general counsel of a leading national real estate management company. In addition to her nearly two decades of work as a lawyer, Martha somehow also found time to get a degree in applied positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. She studied under one of the legendary founders of the field of positive psychology, Martin Seligman, who is the director of the Positive Psychology Center. And she now combines her two fields of expertise to train lawyers on ways to make their lives happier, more satisfying, and more meaningful. Martha, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back as a returning champion. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, it's nice to be back with you today. So we're going to start literally picking your brain um, from step one. So let's start off with the basics. What is psychological capital and also known as PSYCAP, right? Yes. Well, psychological capital can be thought of um, as, as mental strength and flexibility. And it is something that's beyond our traditional skills and intelligence that we have. And, and it's a, it's a, a way of thinking, it's a way of processing, it's a way of goal setting that can be really effective in heightening our ability to use the legal skills that we have to meet challenge and to handle stress. Um, it's also connected with elevated levels of well-being. So it's, it's a, an emerging capacity that just being, that just started being studied, um, gosh, when did it start? 
couple decades ago. Um, but it's it's something that I've been fascinated with, and I think it goes hand in hand with our work as lawyers. And so there's four parts, right, to um, psychological capital? Is that correct? So psychological capital or PSYCAP is made up of four different um, strengths or psychological abilities that we have. Um, Self-efficacy, and this is our um, confidence to successfully achieve a, um, a task or a, or a challenge that comes our way to put in the effort um, to be able to make that happen. Resilience, and that's the capacity to cope, um, sustain and bounce back when challenging hard things come our way, which that's part of the practice of law, right? That's part of what we do. Um, hope, which is really concentrated like um, goal setting. And that's the ability to persevere towards goals and shift directions if an obstacle arises. And then also optimism. And that is the positive expectation about our ability to face challenge and come out on top. So when used like, or when combined together, each of these four elements has a synergy. So there's tons of research around each of these different things that, that work well for our well-being and our work performance and the rest. But when they're combined, the um, combination is greater than the sum of its parts. And Martha, I wanted to ask you about that synergy and also encourage our readers. There's a Law Practice Today article that gives a really great um, inspirational summary of psychological capital and it's, uh, it's the force that it has. It's crush your new year goals with psychological capital. But in that article, talking about that synergistic quality, you write, when combined and used together, these four capacities have a synergistic quality giving us ninja-like goal-crushing capabilities. In fact, research links high levels of PSYCAP with better job performance, more career success, higher job satisfaction, elevated levels of well-being, and a greater ability to overcome obstacles and handle stress. Um, and as the uh, self-appointed science guy of, of this program, I love hearing about the science behind it all. So if you could just kind of peel back that curtain a little bit and show us, you know, talk about how the science of positive psychology underlies that synergistic quality with those four elements. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the science is what, what makes this so compelling because, you know, doing these things means that it actually can, can work for us. So each of these four different constructs that I talk about, they have a ton of different studies looking at can you develop these capacities, number one? Like, can you build your self-efficacy, for example? And if you do that, what happens? So um, like when looking at self-efficacy, if you have a stronger, strong, if you're stronger in self-efficacy, which is less about the skills that you actually have and more about what you believe you can do with those skills, then folks that, that raise their self-efficacy, their performance and their work satisfaction goes up. They're less likely to um, face burnout and they're happier with the work that they do. And if you think about it, that makes sense, right? If we have challenges coming our way and we believe that we can tackle them, then we get a lot of satisfaction of doing so. We see success, which generates um, positive emotions. So anyhow, that's just one example of those four capacities. So on their own, they can they each do well, but when they come together and we build all four of them, 
they they overlap each other and they support each other in a way that um, turns into an even greater result. Um, so let me think of, uh, of an example. So, um, okay, so self-efficacy we just talked about and then resilience. And in this, this context, we're talking, when we talk about resilience, it's being able to understand the resources that we have and being able to use them. So resources in this context could be things like your, um, your intelligence or your, the, the skills that you know that you have, or it could be the people that you work with, the support that you have. Like if you are a litigator, the war chest that you might have, knowing what those things are and knowing how to use them. And so you can see how, all right, so I am aware of my resources. I'm consciously thinking about those. And then I also, my self-efficacy is high. So I know that I have the ability to do the things that, that I need to do with those resources. And so they combine together and get stronger. And so that is, they're all self-reinforcing capacities that, that the research has shown that when people are taught how to raise their psychological capitals, capital in the workplace, they, their performance goes up, uh, their satisfaction goes up. That's a long-winded answer. I mean, there's so much stuff uh, about SciCap, but it is, it's something that I feel really passionately about for lawyers. I mean, we spend so much time and money training our skills, right? We train our, like how, how to practice law, how to take a deposition, how to write, how to media, all the things that we do technically, but we don't put much effort into how do we deal with the challenge psychologically? How do we have that extra oomph to be able to use those skills in it with confidence and deal with the hard things that come our way without breaking down? So I really like, I am a big advocate for training people in um, developing these skills and, and and I think starting to do so in law school and continuing on in the practice, I think it really does make a difference. You outlined the four magic building blocks of SICAP. Um, the first one being self-efficacy, um, which you um, have already touched on in terms of defining. Um, but how do you actually develop it? Well, self-efficacy is um, can be developed. Really, there's four major pathways of, of doing so. One would be what's called mastery experiences. And we learn best by doing, right? Like, so it's getting out there and actually taking on a new challenge, um, doing a new task. And that could be anything from being a brand new lawyer and writing your first research memo for you know somebody else up to trying your first case, whatever that might be, we learn best by doing. And then once you complete the task, it's going back and thinking about wow, I did that. And what are the strengths that I brought to bear? And what are the skills that I use to get that done? And, you know, the more tasks, the more mastery that you build, it's reflecting back again on how much you've grown. Like if you think, if you've been practicing for a while and you think about how daunting it was to write your first like summary judgment motion, for example, and what a heavy lift that was. And then a couple of years down the road, you're like, yeah, that's, I got this. And just reflecting on how, you know, all the skills you've developed. So that's one way of uh, do it, uh, developing self-efficacy. Another way um, is to, to get constructive feedback from other people that you identify with and that you trust, right? And this is, 
is something I think in the practice of law um, where we can really help each other out. And a lot of times we don't do a good enough job of slowing down to provide feedback to somebody else. To the extent that you can do that, that is an awesome way to build your self-efficacy. And so take advantage of that. Another way is to learn vicariously. And so that's either going with someone else to observe you know, them doing a task, like interviewing a witness or, or something along those lines. Or if that's not feasible for you to do so, it's sitting down with someone else and having them explain how they do a task. Like for example, if you're a new lawyer and, and you are about to take your first deposition, you could sit down with another lawyer that you respect and trust and, and ask that person, say, how do you prepare to take a deposition? What do you think about? What do you read? How do you, do you have an outline? And, and listening to that person walk through how they do that. So that is a way to get vicarious experience. Um, and the fourth is really about our um, listening to the, the, the uh, messages that come from our physical body, right? And that's about stress. A lot of it is. Oftentimes when we take on a new challenge or a, any kind of challenge that, that we, we feel like our skills are coming up against it, we get those butterflies, right? I mean, I, every single time, it didn't matter how many times I walked into court, I get those butterflies. And it's recognizing that, ah, instead of thinking that means that you're not prepared, it's thinking, ah, oh, no, that's my body getting me ready to perform. And that's, so just understanding those kind of cues that come from you physically is, is another way you can build your self-efficacy because it's like, yes, all right, I got this. My body knows it. It's getting me ready to go. So those are four different ways to build your self-efficacy. I really like for those how critical mentorship is for each of those four, that oftentimes we think of you know, self-efficacy as a skill that you develop on your own. And so if partners of a law firm want young associates to have that muscle memory of self-efficacy, they really have to be part of that process. I want to move on to the second building block for psychological capital, and that's hope. And I really appreciate that you're a defender of hope, that you reject the notion that it's too fluffy of a concept. I like to say that hope is an action, but I want to know how do you define hope from the perspective of psychological capital? Right. Well, well, hope is, it's a powerhouse. It's really about targeted goal setting and planning skills for when challenge comes your way, which as you can imagine, as we all know, like that's super handy for lawyering, right? Like being able to have a challenge come up and to be able to targeted goal setting to get, to get through that. How are you going to face it? So when we're talking about how hope works in like real life practice, so let's say you are working on, on a case. And so you have, like, we need to get this piece of evidence, right? Or we need to get this deposition taken. And out of that deposition, we need these, this person to say this thing. So that's, that's your goal, right? That's what we need to get. And so to use hope in this context, it's like, all right, what are all the different paths that we can take to get that evidence that we need. Okay, we could take this deposition and get it from this person, but maybe if that's not going to work, can we go over here and get it out of this document? So you come up like with all the different potential ways that you can achieve that goal, which is to get that piece of evidence, right? So that is, um, that's the way power that you're talking about, all the different ways. And then you think about what are all the obstacles that can get in our way towards, you know, achieving 
that goal? And then how do we work around that? So that's, that's the way power. And then there's also what comes into play is the willpower. And that is the, the ability to um, think through all the skills and the resources that you have and are going to need to make one of those ways work. And if you, if you think about this in the practice, like we have, we have goals we set all the time, we have obstacles coming our way, especially if you're in a litigation kind of a practice, which is, was primarily my practice when I was at my law firm. I mean, that, that happens all the time. So if you're thinking ahead, when those obstacles inevitably come up, you're ready for them. And that, that helps um, us be able to tackle them. So it focuses on like increasing our performance and getting the results we need, but it also lowers our stress levels because you're like, yep, knew that was coming. Ah, I've got a way around that. And so you're expecting that. So, so when they happen, does it make you a little bit more stressed out? Sure. But does it send you off the rails? Not nearly as much because you're ready for that. I love that way power. I've never heard that um, phrase before, um, but with willpower, which is obviously very helpful, some, it, you're just tired. Sometimes you just don't have the will to go through, but you know, to say, oh, well, I just need to come up with some, you know, different ways or, you know, creative thinking. It just like shifts that part of your brain. So, um, but also another favorite of mine um, is building block number three for SciCap, resilience. So what is it and how do we build it? So resilience, oftentimes when people hear resilience, they think it's about just sucking it up, putting your head down and, and working and gutting it out, right? That's not what we're talking about with resilience. Resilience is, is really about having the, um, recognizing the assets and resources you have to meet challenge. And it's also about recovery, being knowing when and how to take care of yourself so you have what it takes to, to meet challenge. So here in this context, and, and you see, again, we just talked about hope and way power and willpower, the crossover, right? This is where some of the synergy comes in, where it's identifying your resources, which is the piece of, of resilience, like the resources when you're hitting challenge could be, all right, if, um, what are some of my things that can help me out? Okay, there is a colleague down the hall that is working with me on this case that can step in if this happens and that has this experience. Or I've done this kind of thing before, I can do it, I have the skill. Or um, that I have support of others at home when I'm super stressed out, they can help me relax. Like So those are some of the resources that help us be resilient because we know we have things to rely on. And then also knowing when you need to take a break, you need to shift gears, you need to rest so you can have the gas in the tank um, to be able to, to hit challenges um, head on. I love it. Um, and bringing it all home, I want to jump to building block number four, and that's optimism. And I laughed when I read that you had written um, that as lawyers, we are sometimes professional pessimists. Because as issue spotters, we're supposed to find those problem points, but it can have a detrimental impact upon our mindset. And so how do you define optimism from the perspective of psychological capital? And how do we maintain that optimism even during you know, times that are challenging, such as this past year for so many? Right. Well, optimism is, is really about, it's, it's not about this unchecked process of just like, oh, it's all going to work out. Everything's going to be fine. It's not that at all. It's really about learning to 
accurately evaluate a situation while also believing in your ability to face it um, and, and believing that we have what it takes to succeed, knowing that we have the inner resources that we can put the best spin on, on things that are possible um, and knowing that we can learn and grow as we practice. So it's, it's, you, you mentioned that the uh, lawyers and optimism can be, can be challenging. And that I think is something that um, is, is in my experience, absolutely the case. I mean, if you look at human beings in general, we all have what's called a negativity bias. Um, that is just the way our brains work, right? It, it could be, or it's believed to be a um, coming from our caveman times when we needed to be able to spot the danger so we didn't die, right? So we're always scanning for the tiger so we stay alive. And we don't have, most of us hopefully not, don't have tigers like out there going to get us anymore. But our brains are still trained to spot for the negative. Then as lawyers, we supercharge that. We go in and our so our brains become super glued for the negative And we're always issue spotting, which is an awesome job skill. But sometimes because we're so honed in on that, we are missing out on creative solutions or missing out on opportunities um, that come our way or else we're not seeing some of the strengths that we have to to get ourselves into a better position. And so that is really where um, optimism comes in. It's taking what we see in a challenge Um, in a way that, okay, we are going in clear eye to see what the risks are, right? Using that critical thinking skill, but not blinding ourselves to the fact that there's also opportunity that's, that's more on the positive side. Absolutely. So again, and it's falling back into the whole mindset of how you're viewing things and what lens you're seeing things through in the world. So absolutely. And then when you think about like that synergy with PSYCAP, so optimism, it's, so remember self-efficacy is the belief that of our beliefs about what we can do with the skills that we have, right? And if you have a more optimistic mindset, um, or you can think of it as more of a growth mindset about that you're learning, you're, you're developing, and you've improved, you know, from where you were, then your self-efficacy, that's going to like that's going to combine with your self-efficacy and you're going to be more likely to believe you can meet the challenge, to know that you've done things in the past. It's like, ah, remember that time in the past where I had to deal with that hard thing. I was able to do it and I was able to crush it. And, you know, and so taking that and, and using like that, that's having more optimism. So it, it combines with that self-efficacy piece to increase that. So it just like all these different elements really bind together to help us um, to really achieve what it is that that we want to with the practice. I think that's helpful because yeah, as I'm listening to you, I almost think that we could separate the tools that we have to use as lawyers from our mindset. And so issue spotting is a very helpful tool, one of the many tools in our tool belt, but we can have that optimistic mindset employed even when we're doing something like looking for potential problems in a contract or responding to a tough legal brief. Yeah, absolutely. Because the mindset is about looking for opportunities, right? The optimistic mindset, but it's also about believing in your ability to attack those issues that you're seeing and to trust yourself that, yeah, I'm actually seeing that issue correctly because I've done this before. I have the skills and I'm capable. 
So it's, it's taking the skills that we have built for ourselves as attorneys and, and those that we are trying to build for newer attorneys and it's making it so they just, they work better and that we don't burn out under the stresses of the practice of law because then we use our skills more effectively and we also handle stress more effectively. So um, if you are thinking about as a lawyer, right, what's our biggest asset? It's our brains. It's our ability to think and practice law. And so our psychological capital helps keep that asset, our money makers, functioning um, to the best of its ability, right? It's just taking us to a higher level and keeping, keeping those wheels greased and healthy. And so it's something that I really think that, the, that our profession needs to take a hard look at developing um, these skills and resources in, in uh, all of us. One last question um, for our listeners who want to take an even deeper dive than our two episode series into positive psychology and to psychological capital. Where can they see the great work you're doing with the Utah State Bar and how can they continue exploring these topics? Well, there are thankfully a lot of resources that are coming up. Um, you can definitely visit the Utah State Bar's well-being website, which is at www.wellbeing.utahbar.org. And there you can find all sorts of free um, evidence-based resources. There are, there's some information there on psychological capital and also on all the different elements of well-being. Um, you can also look at lawyerwellbeing.net which is the website of the newly formed Institute for um, Wellbeing in Law, or I Will. And there are a ton of resources available there. And I encourage everybody also to um, participate in Wellbeing Week that is coming up um, May 3rd through May 7th. And each day of that week is based on, is going to focus on a well-being dimension. And these dimensions are really like positive psychology um, inspired in the sense they are building strengths in every domain of our lives. And so on each day of the week, there are going to be free resources available um, to learn about how you can start making these positive changes for yourself and your organizations. So I've also developed a PSYCAP worksheet um, that if you're interested in digging into this, uh, you, can, you can use this worksheet to work through challenges that you have. And it's a step-by-step -step process. Um, and I've provided that to these delightful hosts um, to, to provide to you folks. So I encourage you to check it out. And with all of the resources that um, you just rattled off of the top of your head, which right there is very impressive, um, we will be listing all of that on the um, MLPI community page. Um, so people can, they can get the worksheet from there and then also the list of the resources that you, that you just provided to. Well, Martha, thank you so much for showing us the magic of having a positive mindset and the power of the PSYCAP. Is there one word of wisdom that you would share in terms of, um, the power of PSYCAP. Don't discount the power of your mind beyond just the technical skills that we all learn. Um, the way that we frame the problems that we face as lawyers, the way that we frame our ability to face challenge and the time that we spend developing um, our psychological abilities 
is something that is incredibly important to having a successful and sustainable practice that you enjoy. I do think that if we can't, because it, well, because PSYCAP is something that you learn while that while you're actually practicing law. So it's not like you have to take an entire extra hour or two out of your day to build your PSYCAP. It's things that just a little bit of time teaching somebody, for example, the, the element of hope, like the way power and willpower, where if you have enough, and this is again, is when mentoring comes, becomes so important. Somebody sitting down with a younger lawyer and saying, hey, okay, you've got this problem. So this is how I go about it. Let's think about what is the goal? What do you need to achieve? And then saying, all right, let's think of all the different possible ways we could get to that goal. Cool, let's get that done. And so somebody just walking somebody through that process, right? Then you learn how to do that. So every time a challenge comes up, that's just part of the practice, right? That's part of the work that you do as a lawyer is thinking through how to address it that way. That's building your PSYCAP. So it's really not something that you have to go out and set aside a bazillion hours every day. So um, I'm pretty passionate about teaching lawyers how to do this. I think it could be a game changer for a lot, a lot of us. I wish that somebody would have taught me this when I was a young lawyer. So we definitely need it. That was awesome. So that concludes part two of our two-part series, Modern Mindset for Modern Law, The Power of Believing. Um, so please bring your powerful new mindset to our next show when we um, have our previous co-host, Karen Saffron, coming back to join us to give us answers to our grab bag of questions um, that we've received on the How to Start a Revolution helpline. And speaking of our How to Start a Revolution helpline, please call it and leave us questions after listening to any of our shows. As on our next show, we're actually gonna play your questions on the next podcast and provide an answer. So make sure you leave your name and the name of your firm or organization so everyone knows who their fellow revolutionaries are out there. That phone number is 303-824-5399. Again, that's 303-824-5399. That number is also posted on the MLPI community page. Welcome to the revolution. You've got questions. We'll have answers for you next time. As always, thank you for joining the revolution. Lucia.